A reading from the first book of Samuel. During the time young Samuel was ministered to the Lord under Eli, a revelation of the Lord was uncommon in vision and frequent. One day Eli was asleep in his usual place. His eyes had lately grown so weak that he could not see. The lamp of God was not yet extinguished, and Samuel was sleeping in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. The Lord called to Samuel, who answered, Here I am. Samuel ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. I did not call you, Eli said, go back to sleep. So he went back to sleep. Again the Lord called Samuel, who rose and went to Eli. Here I am, he said, you called me. But Eli answered, I did not call you, my son, go back to sleep. At that time Samuel was not familiar with the Lord because the Lord had not revealed anything to him as yet. The Lord called Samuel again for the third time. Getting up and going to Eli, he said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli understood that the Lord was calling the youth. So Eli said to Sam, Samuel, Go to sleep, and if you are called, reply, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. When Samuel went to sleep in his place, the Lord came and revealed his presence, calling out as before, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel answered, Speak, for your Lord is listening. Samuel grew up, and the Lord was with him, not permitting any word of his to be without effect. Thus all Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, came to know that Samuel was an accredited prophet of the Lord. The Word of the Lord. And this is a fun reading, this reading uh, on, on Samuel being, on Samuel hearing God for the first time. It's interesting, Samuel's name means he who hears God. But he is a young boy at this point. You recall the story from, from Hannah. She prays for a son. She receives a son. She makes this promise that he'll be a Nazarite. He'll, he won't drink any, any wine and, and he'll, we won't cut his hair. He'll be given to the temple to serve the Lord. And so she does that. She gives Samuel to the temple. Eli is the high priest. Actually, I say the temple. There wasn't a temple at that point. It was a tabernacle, a tent. And so Samuel is there to serve Eli, the high priest. He is sleeping. And from the text, it appears God speaks to him in an audible voice. Samuel. Samuel wakes up. Doesn't see anybody. He goes, wakes up. Eli says, here I am, what you need? And of course, we just read the story. He does this three times. Finally, Eli says, oh, I think God is trying to tell you something. And so, eventually, Samuel hears the voice one more time and says, here I am, Lord. And the psalmist, the psalm we had today, there's a little commentary on that. Here I am, Lord. I have come to do your will. Very, very powerful. It's kind of a funny story. I was, uh, I always, I used to listen to a lot of radio preachers. I don't know why. I guess I had a lot of time in the car, and we didn't have audio books in those days. So I listened to radio preachers, and there was this dispensationalist preacher. Dispensationalism is, is, a, is a Protestant view of history in which God treats 
humanity different ways in different periods of time. And they were talking about this, and the, this dispensationalist, and, and, and he had some comment, uh, someone there with him, and there was, they were saying how much better the old covenant was than the new covenant, because in the old covenant, God would talk to people, and God doesn't talk to people anymore. It's kind of bizarre. But anyway, I thought it was pretty funny. I mean, if that was my theological position, I think I'd quit it real quickly. Who wants to go back to the Old Testament? But anyway, one of our most difficult things to do in life is to hear God. Because God doesn't talk to us in audible voices. It's never been his plan. I mean, that's, that's the way the text reads, and maybe that happened in Samuel's life, but that would have been very unusual. God always speaks to us interiorly. I love what um, Mother Teresa always said was that the language God speaks is silence. God speaks to us in silence and in stillness. Well, how do we hear silence? Interestingly, we know the story of Elijah who's trying to hear God and there's, this, there's a storm and there's a wind and there's a fire and there's all this stuff going on and he doesn't hear God in any of that. And then it says uh, what the King James translates as a still small voice. The Hebrew is probably better translated the sound of silence. The sound of silence. God speaks to us in silence. The reason we have such a hard time hearing God is because we are so unaccustomed to silence. So unaccustomed to stilling ourselves before God. Typically when we pray, we've got lots to lots we want to let God know about, right? <laughs> we have lots that we want to say to God. We have our list, and I've got my list. Goodness gracious, you know, you can imagine I've got this huge prayer list of people to pray for. We have our list, we have our needs, we have our struggles. So we always have lots of stuff to tell God about. Jesus really tries to tell us, forget that, God already knows. <laughs> he knows what you need before you ask. Learn to stop, to listen to God in silence and stillness. Because when we do that, we discover God has been speaking to us all along. We just weren't listening. I wrote a book called Learning to Listen to God. That's kind of a, a uh, <laughs> it's kind of an exalted title. And people read, read, have often read it and said, I, don't, I, haven't, I didn't learn how to listen to God. <laughs> what the book is about, well, to begin with, it's about stillness and silence. It's about being still, learning to silence your thoughts, to breathe, just to pour your focus on 
God's presence. And you don't hear anything. Well, that's okay. And it talks about the various modalities of prayer that different saints have used. The prayer of imagination, like of, of Saint Ignatius, the prayer of uh, contemplation of Saint Teresa and uh, Saint John of the Cross. Um, Lexio Divina, you know, all these different ways that we have of praying. But in the end, it always comes back to the same thing. Be still and know that I am God. In the end of my book, I make this point. To hear God, or at least to discern God's voice, is being able to distinguish between what I feel, what I think, and what I know. We all have lots of feelings, and feelings can always lead us astray. And it's very easy in this particular time to have huge feelings about everything from the way the government's handling the pandemic to the way the church is handling things and Pope Francis, we all have lots of feelings. We all have lots of opinions, agendas, things we think. I think this, I think that. And those things just kind of flood and fill our minds. But it's like Elijah and the storm and the wind and the fire. God's not there. God's not in our feelings. God's not in our opinions and agendas. What do we know? How do we know it? How do you know God loves you? There is an interior witness. What I, last Sunday in my homily I called the um, spiritual instinct that we have. We know deep down inside that we are deeply loved by God. How do we know that? I don't know. It's not, but we know. And when we focus on what we know, in silence and in stillness, it is there that we discover the voice of God. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks that your voice lives deep within us. Give us grace to pursue you with all of our being, laying aside all of our opinions, all of our agenda, agendas, all of our emotions and feelings, just to know you, to be at the threshold of the house of God and to hear your voice, we pray to the Lord.